But I always say that, that every single one of us has been given a ministry of prayer. And God needs our prayers in these last days. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes people say, well, prayer is just so boring. Prayer is just so dull. But I always say to people, well, if prayer is boring and dull to you, then you're doing it wrong. That's right. <laughs> I, some of the greatest things that I've ever seen in my life in ministry have come as a result of seasons of prayer, times in the Spirit, times in the Lord. And so if, you're, if prayer is boring to you, then you're not doing it right. Because when you do it in line with the Word, where the Holy Ghost takes hold with you, then it's going to be uh, supernatural, yeah. and it's going to be miraculous. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. So I want to talk a little bit about the ministry of prayer today. I also want to talk about the relationship that Jesus has with his church in these last days. In other words, Jesus has an active part to play in his church. And he is actively involved in his church. He, is, he has not left his church and he's oblivious to what's going on. He is actively involved, actively at work in the body of Christ today. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, at the end of the chapter, he said, Lo, I'm with you always, even into the end of the age. And then he talked about the Holy Ghost, didn't he? He talked about the Holy Ghost in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. He talked about the ministry of the Spirit. And he said that he's one just like me. He's one just like me. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 14, 26, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Another comforter. And if you, like I said, another translation of that scripture says one just like me. One just like me. He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Glory be to God. You know, I think we ought to stir ourselves up and get excited about the fact that the Holy Ghost is with us. He's in us. He's on us. He'll never leave us. Hallelujah. And we can actively be believing God for that power in our lives every single day. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Jesus goes on to talk about his ministry. He says in uh, 14, uh, I, said 16, I said 26. Actually, it's John 14, 16. And then verse 26, he says, when he has come, the Holy Ghost, he will teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. So that's part of the ministry. He's, he has a ministry of teaching and bringing things to our remembrance. And then in John chapter 16, verse 13, he said that when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. He will glorify me, Jesus said. Hallelujah. Why am I saying all these things? Jesus is actively involved in his church, and he's in the ministry of filling his church with the Holy Ghost because they're one and the same. He's one just like me, Jesus said. One just like me in John 14, 16. One just like me. And so the person of the Holy Ghost is actively in, at work in the church, and Jesus Christ himself is actively at work in the church. Hallelujah. And so Jesus and his church. 
Jesus and his church. Glory be to God. Now you're in Romans chapter 12, and we looked at verse, we read through and we got down to verse 12 where he said, continuing instant in prayer. Now turn on over in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Hallelujah. You will find that there is going to be um, what I like to call shotgunning it, where there's going to be touches. I'm going to touch on a lot of different things in one message and try to get it all out. I um, It's very difficult for me to, to get everything said that needs to be said, but I believe that the Holy Ghost will um, lead me in the right direction for what needs to happen in this service. Hallelujah. You're in Acts, or I'm sorry, in Ephesians chapter 6. Look at the 18th verse. I'm going to try to put a nice bow on it, but we'll see. Tie it all up and put a nice little bow on it and package it up nicely for you. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now turn in your Bibles over to Colossians chapter 4. I want to lay a foundation here. Colossians chapter 4. Look at the second verse. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. It says, continue in prayer and watch, or in other words, be watchful in the same with thanksgiving. Glory be to God. And then Paul said, with all praying for us also that God would open doors of utterance to us that we may speak the mystery of Christ. But he said here, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Glory be to God. Now turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at the 17th verse. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Praying or pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Are you guys picking up a pattern yet? <laughs> you gotta get in this yet. Let's look at another one. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Sometimes I like to quote these things, but then at the same time, you get more out of it when you put your eyes on it. 1 Timothy chapter 2, look at the, well, let's look at the first verse. I want to look at some things here, but we'll get down to where I want to get to. He says here, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good, and this is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Hallelujah. Now look, jump down to verse 8. He says here, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Well, he didn't say there's a special group of people that are supposed to be praying, did he? Did he say that? I don't see that. I don't, sometimes I wonder what Bible people are reading. And a lot of subjects, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm like, I don't have that Bible, the Bible that you got. Because I found out that God is a good God and God has a ministry for me and God has a calling. And, you know, I'm just amazed at sometimes the, the kind of things that people preach on and teach on. Yeah. Anyways, that's a side thought. But he said here, I will pray therefore 
or I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Glory be to God. So he said, I will that men, and talking about the girls too, men and women, men pray everywhere. Notice, not just pray, but lift up holy hands in praise and worship to God. Now turn over to James. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And if you go back and read um, the prior verses, you'll find that he's talking about those that are afflicted, those that are merry, those that are sick. There's a, there's a way to handle those things. There's guidelines in the word on how to um, minister to those needs and to have the Lord help in those situations. Can you say amen? amen? So that's why he's saying, confess your faults one another. They're talking about the something that may be hindering the healing that's in people's lives. Confessing your faults one to another, praying for one another, that you may be healed. But look at the end of this verse. He said, the effectual, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much availeth much. Now somebody said, well, I don't know, this doesn't qualify, or I don't qualify for this because I'm not righteous. Well, no, we already talked about it earlier, how you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. We didn't earn righteousness. We didn't somehow make ourselves righteous in our own works, but God bestowed his righteousness upon us through Christ. He's washed us and cleansed us in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And because we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, we can come boldly to the throne. I love that, don't you? Come boldly to the throne of God, even on our worst days, even on, our, on the days when we've messed up and sinned or when we've fallen short, when we didn't walk in faith like we should have, we can come boldly into his throne. And we can come on the basis of Jesus' blood. And we can say, this is what your word says. And this is what I'm acting on. This is what I'm standing on. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And so the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. He's not talking about the world. He's talking to the church. Availeth much. Now I like what the Amplified Translation says on this uh, verse. The classic Amplified says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Tremendous power available. Notice, dynamic in its working. Glory be to God. And now the point, one thing that stands out to me is that he said it's earnest and it's heartfelt prayer, but it's also continued prayer that's going to make tremendous power available. See, a lot of times people think, well, I prayed one time and nothing happened. So I guess not, it must not have been the will of God. Well, that's not right according to the scripture. First of all, the word of God reveals his will, so we know whether or not we're praying in line with the word. But sometimes, and in certain situations, in certain types of praying, there's a call for continued prayer. When it comes to supplicating for the saints, when it comes to interceding for the lost, when it comes to praying out the will of God for our own life, there needs to be continual prayer offered up to God. And it makes tremendous power available. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. I remember in my life personally, in my ministry, when I was down there in Oklahoma going to school, actually originally from Oklahoma too, I was born there. 
but um, we were, or I was down there going to school, and you know, it was just a time of consecration. I actually said to the Lord, again, this is me, and this is just my relationship with the Lord. This is how I talk to him. I'm like, Lord, I've been raised in ministry my whole life. Why do I need to go to Bible school? I know everything they're going to teach. I know all the tough, I've, I could be teaching some of the classes because I had already begun preaching in my life at 18 years old. So why should I go to school? But the Lord said to go. <laughs> Are you with me? See, we like to try to reason about the will of God for our life. A lot of times, if we don't watch it, we can reason ourselves right out of his plan for us. Well, I don't need that. Well, who said that you don't need that? If God says you need it, you need it. It's for somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And so I said to the Lord, well, Lord, if you want me to go, I'll go. But you're going to have to make a way for me to go because, you know, I feel, I feel a big responsibility here um, in my parents' church. But he made a way for me to go. He filled all the holes that needed to be filled. And when I got down there, the Lord really began to minister in my life in a way that I was not expecting. He began to impart things to me and show me things that I had not, I would not have gotten anywhere else. Because see, if God has you in a place or tells you to go to a place and you don't go there or you don't get into that place that he tells you to go to, then you're going to miss out on the grace, the impartations, the anointing that's over there in that place. Remember, the Lord Jesus appeared to Saul before he became Paul on the road to Damascus, and he said, Paul said, Lord, what, what will you have me to do? And Jesus said to him, go into the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. Well, what would have happened if Saul, who later became Paul, wouldn't have gone into the city? What would have happened? Well, he wouldn't have gotten what he needed to get. He wouldn't have received his ministry. We, we would not have um, read after the Apostle Paul. But see, it's in the city. A lot of people haven't gone into the city yet, spiritually speaking. They haven't, gone, they haven't moved themselves into the city or the place where God has them yet. And I'm not just talking about a physical place. I'm talking about a spiritual place as well, wherever the Lord wants you to be, however he wants you to do it. You got to move yourself into that place to receive further direction, to receive further guidance, to receive further impartations and grace. Some of you are asking God for more and seeking God for more, and you need to get into that place, that place spiritually that he wants you to be in, that state of mind where you're doing exactly what he said to do. But anyways, the Lord told me to go to Ramah, and when I went down there, I moved there, the Lord began to do so much more in me that I was not expecting. And there would be times in my life down there when I would, there would be so much that the Lord would just be ministering to me on and pouring into me because I was in the right place. And one thing that I used to do all the time, I would pray constantly, praying about the will of God for my life, praying about the next steps that he had for my life. I used to walk around on the campus down there at Rama. It's a 100-acre campus. And I used to walk around there at night just by myself, nobody else around. 
And I would be praying in tongues, praying out the will of God. And I'm not saying just one or two times this happened. I'm saying continually, week after week, month after month. I had a long drawn out season of prayer that took place in my life. And for those two years that I was down there in school, I was praying about his will for my life and the things that he was imparting to me and the things that he wanted me to do. Glory be to God. This season that I was in, it continued even after I graduated from school and went back to help my parents. I, continue, I was still in that season because I, I want to teach you guys something here. If the Lord brings you into a season of prayer, don't get out of that too soon. Don't get out of that season too quickly. What am I talking about a season of prayer? Well, there is just a special utterance and speci special urgency to be praying along a certain lines. Are you listening to me? Where you, you just know in your spirit, I need to be pressing in this area. I need to be praying in this area. There's an urgency to pray. There's an urgency to, to continually be coming before the throne of God and seeking his face or for whatever it may be. You may not even know what it is. You can just, maybe you're just consecrating your life to the Lord. Maybe he's showing you some new things or new steps. Whatever it is, don't get out of that too soon. Don't try to talk yourself out of that. Don't try to, um, don't stop in that season or get out of that season before he releases you to get out of it. And I was in this season of prayer that I was in where I just, again, urgency to pray, knowing I need to continually be praying along these lines. It lasted for three years. Three years of praying along a certain lines. Now, a lot of people can't even pray three minutes, let alone three years. But if we're going to go higher in God, if we're going to go farther in the things of God, then we got to be willing to go deeper in prayer. And so this season of prayer that I was in, it lasted three years. It continued through school and after I got out of school and finally came to a head or a point where the Lord showed me what I've been praying about. My ministry, my calling, the office that I stand in. The things that, I was, that I'm walking in now are the things that I was praying out years ago, which is now like six years ago or over six years ago. But it was a season of prayer. It was a season of prayer. Can you say amen? Well, what is God saying to us? What does his word say? It's said here that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Or the earnest heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. See, like I said, and I'm not talking about the prayer of faith here where we receive what God's already provided for us. I'm talking about prayers of consecration, prayers that are for your church or for, your, or for other believers in the body of Christ, things that we continually need to be praying over and over again. These prayers need to be continually prayed out in order for there to be tremendous power available. Can you say Amen continually be prayed out. Continually be prayed out. Glory be to God. Look at one more scripture here, 1 Peter chapter 5. Or look at, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 4. 
look at the seventh verse. First Peter chapter four, verse seven. He says here, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, notice, and watch unto prayer. Watch unto prayer. Now I like again what the, trans, the Amplified Translation says on this, bring a little bit more clarity. It says, be alert unto the practice of prayer. The practice of prayer. Prayer is something that we are to be practicing in our lives. Prayer is not something that we just do because it sounds good or it's religious. And prayer is not something that we do just when we need to receive something from God or we need something from God. You know, the Lord said something to me one time that just stunned me, but it's absolutely the truth. He said, my body is constantly coming to me with needs and not requests. My body, I want you to get this, my body is constantly coming to me with needs instead of requests. Somebody said, well, what's wrong with that? God said he'll supply all your needs. In fact, in his plan and in his purpose, your needs are already supplied. But the scripture said that we are to come to God with requests based on his word. There is a difference. Hallelujah. But a lot of times people come to God and they're constantly asking, well, God, I need this. God, I need that. God, I wish you'd do this. And they're constantly putting themselves in a place spiritually where they don't have and where they're constantly in want. When the God that I serve and the God that you serve has already made provision, has already supplied, has already, already provided, the scripture said in Psalms 23, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Are you listening to me? Well, everything's already on the table, so why do we say to God, I need this? Well, it's right there in front of you. You're supposed to go take it, and you're supposed to pick it up and walk in the light of it. Can you say amen? So the Lord said to me, my body is coming to me, much of my body comes to me all the time with needs. Needs instead of requests. But you know what Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, don't you? Be careful for nothing. Now that's a little bit blind to us. We don't talk like that today, do we? Have you ever heard anybody say, be careful for nothing? We don't talk like that today. But actually, the Amplified Translation says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Well, what am I going to do if I'm not allowed to worry? <laughs> what am I going to do if I'm not allowed to worry? Well, we're going to believe God. We're going to trust God. But there, you know what? My, I'll just uh, talk, pick on my family a little bit. My grandmother, who's gone on to be with the Lord, wonderful lady of God, loved the Lord, and she even had gone to Bible school as well, and, um, you know, just a wonderful woman. But she was a world champion warrior. And, you know, has, does anybody know people like that? World champion warrior. And, you know, it was just next to impossible in her mind to not worry, to not be thinking fretful, worrisome thoughts about something, about her family, about the future, about different things like that. And I'll tell you, if we're not careful, if we allow those thoughts into our lives, they can begin to affect our faith. Yes. It can begin to affect our health. 
And in the case of my grandmother, she did get sick and she went home to be with the Lord in a way that she should not have done because she did not cast her cares, her burdens on the Lord. And not only was she leaving in going into, she went to heaven obviously, but she didn't leave the right way. But she also struggled with sickness for a long period of time before she went to heaven. And that's not God's best. That's not God's highest. Another individual I'm thinking about. She uh, was a member of my dad's church for many years. And she was constantly worrying about her family, constantly worrying about her kids because she was serving God and they were not. And she wanted them to. But rather than living and walking by faith concerning her family, operating in faith for her family, she would worry about her family. She'd come to prayer groups at the church and she would constantly be praying about, about people that were not in the church but it was always it always had a note of worry in it and a worry and a, and just this sound of defeat in it and a, a sound of begging god to do something well she carried this burden she carried this worry for her family for so many years it eventually affected her mind it affected her mind she began to be burdened down so much that her thoughts were not clear like they used to be this i'm talking about years of doing this are you with me Years of living this way and not being a doer of the word. And so she said one day she, she was just in church and my, the, my mom, who's the pastor with my dad, she was looking over at her and she told me, T- can you please come talk to so-and-so? She's like shaking and she just doesn't seem right and she's something wrong with her. Well, come to find out, I did go talk to her. She, she just had a, a complete nervous and mental breakdown in her life. Years of worry. Years of, ca- of carrying a burden in her life, in her mind. And I looked at her. They were, they were actually, is it all right if I talk about some of these things? Are you guys good? Are you all right? There was um, some people that were looking at her and they're like, I think she's got a demon because she's shaking all the time. She's just shaking like crazy. She's shaking like a leaf, as we say down south. And um, I looked at her and got down into my spirit and checked it out. And I'm like, no, she doesn't have a demon. She is worried and burdened down with care, and it's, it's begun to affect her mind. It's begin, it has begun to affect her mind and her thinking. So I looked at her, and I, I said to the individual, I said, listen, you have a choice here. You can either pull yourself out of this in faith and stop worrying about everything, or you're, you're, going to, you're going to have trouble here. And she said, will you just pray for me? Will you just pray for me right now? I said, you've already had prayer from 20 different people before me. You've already had prayer and been praying and had people pray for you and, and ask God to help you. You don't need any more prayer. If, you, if we keep praying for you, you're basically telling God that he didn't hear you the first time. I said, you need to rise up and be a doer of the word and stop worrying about things and stop worrying about your family. And you need to, to, to live and walk by faith. And I, I use the illustration of, you know, if you are playing in a game, like a sports game, like football, basketball, baseball, whatever the case may be, sometimes in the game, you drop the ball. And 
And, and a lot of times, you know, that happens in games. And if you, if you watch sports on TV, you know that happens. But, you know, the athlete doesn't cry and whine and, and you know, throw a fit about the fact that he dropped the ball. No, he just picks it back up again. And I told her, you know what? That's the same way faith works. If you drop faith, pick it back up again. Don't be so concerned about the fact that you weren't living and walking by faith. Pick it back up again. Pick it up. Pick up faith and begin to walk in the light of it again. Walk in the light of the word. Don't go down in defeat. Don't let the enemy steal your mind. Don't let the the enemy steal your joy. Live and walk by faith. Hallelujah. Now, I, I wish that there had been a happy ending to this particular story, but she refused to do it. And she eventually couldn't go back to work anymore. And it has it took a toll on her life. What am I talking about? Well, we're talking about casting your burden on the Lord. Casting your cares onto the Lord. Not worrying or fretting about anything. Actually, to worry, according to the scripture, is to sin. To worry is to sin. Because it's not faith. Because I can't be worrying and also living the life of faith that we're called to live. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be careful or for nothing. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in everything, notice, by prayer, by supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so going back to that other story, the Lord said to me, my body comes to me with needs, but not requests. We're called to make requests. We can make requests before God. We can plead our case before God, like Philippians, or I'm sorry, Isaiah 43, 26 says. Make our requests known to God, plead our case before God. But, to go, but we're not called to go to God with our needs, with needs, because our needs are supplied. So how do we approach? If we have a need, how am I supposed to approach God? Well, we come to God knowing our needs are met. We come to God on the basis of what his word says. Come to God saying, Lord, I thank you that my needs are met. Lord, I thank you that I don't have any lack. I don't have any needs. I don't have any wants. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Hallelujah. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Can you say amen? Amen. And so we're not called to live a life of worry and care. We're called to live a life of faith and to cast all of our cares onto the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. 